Dave Seeger, who launches his book Arsenal for Everyone at the Emirates uh, in the armory, in the club shop. Queues outside after Arsenal demolished Newcastle Saudi 8-0 with a hat-trick for Smith Rowe. Look, what do we do about Smith Rowe? Because he's clearly brilliant. He looks like Ozil. He plays a bit like Messi. How do we stop going overboard on him? Well, if you watch the way he played against Liverpool the weekend, it would be easy because he looked jaded and... and um, okay, and you always need a rest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you go back to... It's like when George Graham, you know, eased Paul Merson into the side and unfortunately, you know, that didn't happen with Jack Wilshere. It needs to happen. Um, we need other players to step up in the squad such that, you know, we need Pepe to step up or whoever it may be. We need Martinelli to get a run of games because, you know, much as we want Saka and Smith Rowe to play every game, we have seen that that, that way, you know, that way lies disaster. We can't do it much as we need them and they're virtually carrying the team. So we do need other players to step up. I think Smith Rowe is very, very exciting. And I said for a long time, that we need a running 10 rather than a passing 10 or someone who can do both. And that was Ozil's problem. He was a passing 10. He, he didn't have that ability like Santi when he played in that role to beat a man. And sometimes when Arsenal are up against the low block, you need you need to be able to do both. Yeah. But because of Odegaard or Lacazette, he's playing at the moment, the formation, smith rowe has been put to the left, which I actually quite like. And I'll tell you who it reminds me of in that position. Um, is either Riziki first, but more Sami Nasri. Sami mm-hmm. Nasri came as a 10. He wanted to be a central attacking midfield player, but he came to a team that had the best attacking midfield player in the country at the time, you know, Cesc Fabregas. So he, he was put to the left. And, and how effective was he for two or three years at Arsenal? He was fantastic. Um, so Smith Rowe is that sort of wide playmaker in the current Arsenal formation. Yeah, long way to continue, but he does need to be rotated because he's had injuries in the past and he will have them again, I'm sure. The ultimate sadness is that Jack Wilshere should be captain of England today, and he's not. Yeah, it's awful. I hate, I hate it to be honest. Um, wasn't protected, you know, um, enough. Combined with his own playing style, you know, the, the reckless challenges, the overstretching when he lost the ball, yeah. you know, rather than just say, okay, I've lost the ball this time, I, you know, I'll win it back in a minute. He would always try and compensate instantly for errors, and it just led to so many injuries, and, and you know, ultimately, he never quite came back. Um, but I still, I still do not understand why a championship side at least hasn't taken a chance on him. I and mean, he was, he didn't get a single injury in that full season at Bournemouth, uh, season at West Ham. You know, he was still playing at that level. And if he's not playing Premier League level, he's certainly playing top end of the championship. Level. Newcastle sure, have he's, he's twenty nine. It's crazy. No, he's, he's he's contracted at Arsenal as an ambassador until January. Right. Um, hopefully in January someone will see sense. He would have been training with the Arsenal first team for three months by then, four months maybe. So hopefully, you know, someone's watching. Gosh. So. Well, Eddie Howe's at Newcastle. Watford need a central yeah. midfielder, I think. Um, but that, the insurance on his legs must be as, as big as his wages. But I think Jack would play for less. No, I, don't I agree. He'd pay you. I don't I don't think he needs to. He can be, he can be put on a pay-as-you-play contract. I mean, let's talk about Oxlade-Chamberlain coming back to Arsenal with obviously two of our midfield players either leaving or going to the AFCON. A lot of Arsenal fans would happily give Jack a pay-as-you-play as our fourth or fifth choice. But Arteta obviously is not of that mind. If he was, it probably would have happened by now. Mm. So it makes me, it reminds me of when Flamini came back to trade and ended up with a three-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> and look at, have you, um, have you spoken to Flamini? He's big on the environment. Flamini. 
I've never, I've never, well, I've spoken to him in a press conference, but no, I've never spoken to him. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a multi-millionaire. Indeed. Maybe he, he would love to read this, because this new book, Arsenal for Everyone, it's an astonishing book, one of the books of the year, and a fine addition to the football library. Oh, you're just saying that. Partly, but I wouldn't say it if it weren't true. You'll <laughs> laugh, you'll cry, and you're, you will empathise. Uh, and you will also raise a glass for Liam Seeger. I imagine Liam would have loved and did enjoy Jack Wilshere as a player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of his favourites. Yeah, yeah, very much so. He was left-footed as well. Liam was played oh. Liam Brogan, so he was left-footed. And uh, as, as fate would have it, yeah, he loved Jack Wilshere. Yeah, no, it's, no he, he is an inspiration behind the, the book, but it's more a case of getting the writing mojo back and choosing a suitable subject, to be honest, uh, one that suited my... You know, frame of mind at the time, and this this was that subject. You know, it's, uh, it was more a case of I found that my relationship with Arsenal and football had changed slightly, and that you know, whilst I still cared, I didn't care quite as much, and it had more of a context in my life. It was a part, it was an important part of my life, but it wasn't all encompassing as it perhaps had been for for the two of us. So, yeah, I wanted a subject that fitted that mindset and started thinking about other people who might view Arsenal slightly differently through no fault of their own. You know, there's not, so that's not comparing being a grieving father with you know, having a disability, but it was just that, would they view football differently or or have to view football differently? And that was what led to the subject matter. Well, there is a, there's a, the, my favourite of the interviewees is uh, is Kerin Seal, the, the blind football <laughs> international. Uh, and I love how, was it with him, uh, Beijing was a massive eye-opener. I almost stood up and applauded because if you can't laugh at yourself, um, I also I, so I learned about you learn things about blind football. You have to shout "voy" before you're making a tackle. Yeah. Have you watched him play? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and he's uh, he. I've also I've also paid to uh, to have him speak at a conference when I was when I was a director of a company. He's uh, he speaks in the same way as that chapter comes across. Very, very, very modest and self-deprecating humour. Um, but yeah, funny guy, naturally humorous, and um, yeah, if you can't laugh at yourself, sort of thing. Indeed. Brilliant. Yeah. But there's a similarity between you because he said he came detached in the new era, but it was because, as a, a fully blind uh, chap, he couldn't visualize how the players moved. Whereas at least with the Invincibles, when he lost his sight was in the, the turn of the decade, and so the 2002-2004, it was pretty, pretty much the same players. So he could still vision, you know, because he'd yeah. seen them so much. Well, not well, but he, he only had 15, 20% vision then, but he, he'd seen them. So, yes, he could still listen to the commentary and visualise you know, the way Henri, you know, that balletic style or the Vieira challenges, he could still visualise. It was after the breakup of the Invincibles that, that he became reliant on, you know, audio, audio match reports and so forth because he couldn't visualise the players the same way. It was almost, yeah, you know, it was watching the players, visualising the players he had watched, and then the first phase, the third phase was new team don't, don't have that memory anymore I love how he was once so happy to be injured uh, because it was FA Cup final day and he was, I think he was playing cricket did his quad and he could just go back to the clubhouse uh, yeah it was against Man United wasn't it and yeah. listen to the game uh, I don't remember that final 2005 well it was very unmemorable the only most memorable thing about it is obviously we won undeserved the old penalties it was Vieira's last kick that won it and last kick for Arsenal no I've just read a book because I'm doing something about Ferguson over Christmas New Year so I read about the 05-06 and 06-07 season which were the the Ashburton Grove seasons for you the last season at Highbury and the first at Ashburton Grove were you at those equivalent games oh certainly the last the last the last game at Highbury in 2004 uh, against Wigan with Liam 
11 days afterwards in Paris for the, uh, the Champions League final with him. Um, and I didn't go to the first. Well, I went to the I went to the season opener, if you like, which was Bergkamp's testimonial. But I didn't go to the first league game. I can't remember why. I think it was against Aston Villa. But no, yeah. So I was there or thereabouts. But no. You have, however, documented your Arsenal fan and one nil down, two one up. Great title. Uh, was a blog you wrote for four years, ending in 2016. And you are now as as the prolific 66 kicks. Is that your moniker? On Gunnerstown. Gunnerstown. Yeah, my partner on Gunnerstown is a guy called Paul Hepker, who and Invinci blog on Twitter. That's his. Uh, he's a brilliant graphic designer, so he he designed that. So. Gunnerstown. Yeah, Gunnerstown is like a platform. It's like a platform for for sort of budding writers who want to write about Arsenal, and we've had some people go on to very notable success. To be fair, so we've had people who've gone on to write for a living. Having started on Gunnerstown, which we're quite proud of. Uh-huh. It's great to write about Arsenal. It's a, a more fun sitcom than the Man United sitcom. But was the general consensus earlier this year, we want our cold Tuesday nights in Stoke, rather than we want to hang on to our um, status as one of the top six richest clubs in England? Well, I'll slightly change the answer in that I think I think certainly we would rather not be playing the Tottenham European tournament. You know, having, you know, of course. Like, hold on to that extra year in Europe. I think... I think the year without European football might do us a favour. Um, it obviously hasn't affected our spending power. Obviously, it, it needs more negotiation and persuasion to get players to come to you when you're not top players anyway. But if we can combine that sort of fantastic recruitment as we have, you know, like Ramsdale and Ben White and Nuno Tavares, these are Tommy Yasu, these are fantastic players who we've signed. You know. Um, either from under the noses of other people or people that even know about them. So if we can combine that with the youth team and, and get back into Europe this year, I think we'll be a lot ready, more ready to, to, to compete again. So I think being out of Europe for a year is not a bad thing. We've seen it, it, it helped Leicester, it's helped Chelsea. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think a long run in the League Cup. Obviously, we got the quarter final on the twenty first against Sunderland, so we got a lucky draw there. So we're pretty much, you know, one one would say hopefully one foot in the semi final. So you know, I, I would love to live I've, any trophies. You know, I'm, I'm an old school fan, so FA Cup, League Cup, I don't care. It's all silverware. So. Yeah, and we can use it as a stepping stone or platform. And um, where in the Arsenal Museum do they keep all the Wenger shields for finishing fourth? Oh, I haven't been there for a long time. Last time I went to the museum was when I went to see all Geordie's memorabilia, which was donated by the family when I was doing that book. Um, so I don't know. Mm. Ignorant answer there. <laughs> I wonder if if there is a fourth place shield. Maybe um, maybe someone will do it. I One of the thrills that I have was I went to that Arsenal-Watford game in twenty. 17 or 18? It was the 2-1, Younes Kabul. Um, yeah. And I was walking across the, the bridge. Was that the FA Cup Was that the FA Cup No, that guy? was... Um, sorry, this was 2018. The FA Cup was 2017, uh, I think. Or the FA Cup was 2016. Um, but I remember walking past a lot of fans huddled together and a bright light denoting Arsenal fan TV. Since then, it seems that DT has left, Troops has gone to America, and Wenger has gone out, as has Emery. Um, just DT left... Arsenal fan TV. I wasn't aware of that. Not that I'd follow it, but uh, I no, know. Arsenal fan TV. Uh, a million people can be wrong, uh, but that's it's it's an example of how football coverage can irritate. I want to spotlight a much happier one, which I admit I have not listened to. Uh, Danny Sweetman of a Burkamp Wonderland comes off very very well in your book, and mm-hmm. like you, he was upset by the false promises and the betrayal, which drove him to despair about. 
um, Arsenal in general. But there's well, just yeah. the whole story it's about one of the longest running Arsenal podcasts, actually. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, Burkham Wonderland's been around a long. I mean, it's his podcast. He's had other people come and gone, but he's he's the ever present. Yeah, he's the Marquis Smith there. figure in this, or Robert yeah, Smith. The other thing yeah. is also also that people who like Danny and like Burkham Wonderland, if they read the book, Danny has never ever spoken about his disability before. So people who know him might know he's in a wheelchair. Some people who listen to the pod might not even know he's in a wheelchair. Um, so um, and when I spoke to him initially because I've known him a long time about doing the book he said why would anyone be interested in my story about my disability and when I finished the chapter which I obviously did in conjunction with him and obviously every chapter with every every person I interviewed is collaborative so no one's you know no one's not seen their final chapter or had a had a, the ability to edit or, or make suggestions and Danny said he was um crying for ages he just couldn't believe what you know what I'd done with his story he couldn't believe that the stuff he told me he could make such an interesting read and it really does you know he's a he's a very 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 popular figure in the Arsenal community so I think people will really enjoy that chapter who listen to his pod and there are thousands of them I, so I hope they buy it the, the biggest uh, compliment I can pay is that it is anthology worthy you know how Nick Hornby put together this big anthology of football literature I would do the same with my football library and uh, it's a wonderful chapter. He's got spinal muscular atrophy. Um, his hands are so cold sometimes that he has to wait for them to warm up, before, like a carburetor, before going home. And there's a lot about relationships with his dad. I think it plays like a, like, um, a kitchen sink drama. There's a lot of personal turmoil as well. Uh, and like Nick Hornby from Cambridge. Um, there's so- a few chapters like that in the book. You know, there's a few chapters like that. People, people were surprised about their own stories, if you like, when they read it back. You know, if it's your own life, you don't necessarily think it's interesting, do you? Hmm. Um, so the, the, my trick was to try and make it interesting. And uh, honestly, in most cases, it wasn't that hard. The, 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 the joy and the trick in the book is is linking the Arsenal facts and history and jokes into the stories. And that's what I tried to do. You know, It's um, a new kind of book. Yeah, like, yeah I, I think it's very different. I mean, I, I, I'm very conscious of my limitations as a writer when I did the Geordie book because it was already set up that way because it was a lot of a lot of letters about Geordie from players and, and tributes that, that the Armstrong family already had so if you like the the style of book the sort of conversational style was partly dictated to me but it suited me and what people said was they felt reading the book like they were sat in the room listening to the interview and, and, and absorbing the conversational, you know, the conversation. And I just thought I took that on board and I've pretty much kept true to that style. The supporting artists of Money Old Game was the same style and this one is the same style. So it's it's not just I said, he said, I said, she said. It's taking the key facts and blending it into a, you know, an amusing, hopefully, and revealing. And I, I will have to <laughs> recommend it. I'll let the readers judge. <laughs> yeah, and please do because this is a great book. It's available... Um, Oh, I was going to ask, is it available in Braille and is it available as uh, a recording? We have already done the deal with the uh, Royal National Institute for Blind, so it will be on the RNIB library, um, 
which is a free service for uh, blind or partially sighted uh, individuals. However, and this is nothing we can do to control this, um, because there is such a demand for that service, there is about six-month backlog. So they have it, they are working on it, but their expectation is it will be available for you know the summer of next year, which is, again, it's nothing to do with myself or Legends because we made it available as a PDF before it even went to the printers, but that's their timescales, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, so RNIB will be producing it in their library, but not until the summer of next year. Yeah, I know about the RNIB library. It's a fantastic service and very, very yeah. useful for people like, is it Marbot? Alan Marbot, yeah. Yes, who views Arsenal as the ultimate escapism. And when he watches the games, he wears earphones with the commentary. He said he was addicted to crowd surges and actually yeah. went to the School for the Blind in Wimbledon, where I lived very yeah. near, Linden House. Um, he's addicted to what's about to happen. He thinks that Arsenal have the best values, tradition and class. Um, support that statement with reference to Luke Howard and Alan Francis, please. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the joy of the book. This is the icing on the cake because I, I wanted to speak to Alan Francis, who's the club's disability access officer, and he's been at the club since 2004. He was helpful to me, and initially he put me in, like, in touch with the Arsenal Disabled Support Association, who wrote out to their members about the book and asked for you know people who were willing to contribute and, and be interviewed. So he was helpful at the beginning, and then he said, "Well, if you want me to, if you want to interview me, I'm more than happy to do." Obviously, I had to check with the club, and I said, "Of course, I want to interview you, Alan." So he had to get the approval of the club. Um, and the my friend, uh, a friend of mine, Samir Singh, in the community team said, "You want to speak to Luke about the about the sensory room as well?" So it's because I wanted to do those two chapters. The club agreed in both instances, um, with the, with the caveat that obviously they wouldn't want to see those chapters and approve them before any publication which was nerve-wracking, but it turned out to be the best thing that happened to the book because they liked the, the two chapters so much that the view of the communications team at Arsenal was that I, w- I was putting together the Arsenal for Everyone message and getting it out there in a better fashion than they themselves had done, and that, that, they weren't being self-critical. It's just that, and I know what they mean, you know, I've read about the sensory room, and Luke runs that sensory room for autistic and you know, children with heightened sensory needs where you can control the light and the sound and so parents can enjoy the game with their autistic children or, or you know, or heightened sensory needs children, which is an amazing facility. Um, and I'd read about it, but of course it was in one ear and out the other because it wasn't something that was in my world. Uh, and in doing this book, these things became part of my world and it... And, and I think that's what happened is Arsenal always tell people what they're doing and you might read it and then forget about it because it's not something that affects you. Yeah. Um, so Arsenal were quite delighted that, in hindsight, as it turned out, that I was doing the book because whilst Arsenal for Everyone has been their mantra since 2008, this is the year they've decided to make it the big thing. So it's Arsenal for Everyone is on every shirt and obviously it's now on my book. So that was the real blessing. You know, getting Alan and Luke involved um, as willing participants, but then getting the club's backing as a result was, you know, the difference between having a good book that might have been seen by a few people, um, which was part of a therapeutic journey, which is all it was ever meant to be, really, um, to suddenly having a book that's all over Arsenal.com today and is being launched at the Emirates. So hopefully, you know, the message of accessibility, inclusivity and diversity will get across and the joy, and I know this is a very long answer to a short question, I'm sorry. The joy of it is, 
it just makes me love Arsenal even more because I had no idea how much they did and how much more they do than other clubs. And that's not their staff boasting. I've done the research. We just seem to go further um, and above and beyond. And, and we're always pushing the boundaries and trying to introduce new things, as you as you will have discovered as you read the book. Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky in Watford. We've got the CSE, which Graham Taylor more or less said, we need this in the community. The community, community supports um, enterprise, I think, which is 25 years old. And we've also got the sensory room at Watford. I didn't know Arsenal had one. I didn't know Arsenal had a disabled supporters lounge. I didn't know that wheelchair-bound fans can, thanks to Alan's work, see the marble halls with the bust of Herbert Chapman uh, and the lack of Arsene Wenger or Patrick Vieira statue. I didn't know there was a sensory hour in the club shop. Um, And, uh, yes, 17 stories. They're all as equal as each other. Uh, Redmond K, particularly good. Cerebral palsy and deaf but he could still lip read when people swore. It was it was an adult world, and I love that you, you have these people who are able to be, uh, what was it that Tom said? Like being at one with Arsenal, just by standing in the terraces when they're empty and just breathing the air. You forget that for some people, it is a place of pilgrimage. It is a, a synagogue, not just And also, the, 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 the key message is it's, it's where they feel completely the same as everyone else. Even if they are listening on audio or can't hear the crowd, those individuals are at one and in unison with everyone's an Arsenal supporter. You know, we are part of a family and we are part of a community. We're in this together. And if you, particularly the penultimate chapter with Michael Watkinson, who's who's profoundly deaf and and, and nearly blind, it's like a surreal time when the vibrations of the crowd and, and just being part of something and then going back to the humdrum of normal disability and, and, and life as a disabled person. He feels different when he's in the stadium watching his team, partially watching his team and not even able to hear the crowd. It's astonishing that to, to put yourself in the shoes of that person. And it's like with the, the audio commentary where Arsenal to go above and beyond with that, you know, proper audio commentary rather than some clubs will just link to local radio where, you know, you know what it's like when you hear idiots like Jermaine Genus giving punditry. They're not saying anything that's going to help someone who can't see it. They're just talking about in the hole or pockets of space. Well, you know, you want Dave past to Johnny, Johnny passed to James, James put it past the keeper into the bottom right-hand corner. You want to know what's happening. And if you close your eyes and watch television, you haven't got a clue. Unless it's so, Emma Hayes. These things you don't, yeah, 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 it may be. But these things that you don't think about. Uh, and so I hope people reading the book will think about them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Absolutely my right. hope. Um, the, the image that I'll take away from this book, which is called Arsenal for Everyone, which is one of the books of the year and is in the Football Library along with Dave's uh, other three books, Geordie Armstrong on the Wing, and uh, the, the book with the long title about being funny, um, oh, Arsenal's funny old game. <laughs> thank you. Supporting Arsenal is a funny old game. And Arsenal's double-double, uh, a cool cat in his magic hat. But uh, this um, bit of humanity between Brett Leverton and uh, the steward, unnamed. The steward doesn't know his name. He doesn't know the steward's name. They've seen each other for eight seasons, and then you get the lockdown, and then they're back at the Emirates at the beginning of this year. You must have got a bit emotion as well. Yeah, I mean, it really... There were times when you, it did bring a tear to your eye. Um, but I guess sometimes I'm too close to it because I'm doing the interview and I'm writing the chapter. I, I, you know, it may be, and I hope, and I know from people who read it already, that, that, that you know, people have cried and people have got emotional. And it, 
it's easier if you're reading something for the first time and you're not so close to it. So you know, I don't want to make people cry, but if I make people cry in a good way, then you know that's that's uh, hopefully the the message will sink in. And and, and you know, if I, I certainly change my attitude uh, or attitudes in some ways, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm certainly got a wider perspective and a, a greater understanding. And you know, if that if that happens for you know in some small way for people reading a the book, then you know the world's a better place, isn't it? You say with Jack Solomons, you're humbled. You're a little bit in awe of him. Uh, we haven't mentioned ADSA, the Disabled Fans Supporters Association. They now have a member on the advisory board. So that that isn't just uh, talking the talk. How can Josh Cronkey listen to ADSA, for instance, who seem to uh, gather fans who have got deafness, blindness, palsy, uh, spinal muscular atrophy. Well, I think, yeah, I think, I think to be honest with you, that that's one of the things I've learned from the book is that we do listen as a club. Um, exactly. The fact that we've you know invested so much money to have the first you know proper disabled toilets in the stadium, the first state of the art sensory room, because there's a difference between having a sensory room and having a, a sensory room that you can truly control. I mean, putting a few toys and a viewing screen in a room is not a sensory room. You know, it's not a proper sensory room unless you can neutralise the light and the sound. And, and that's that's the key. So, uh, and that investment, you know, could have been in something else. Now we can all say, oh, 150 grand. It's only a week's wages for a player, but that's the modern world of football. But the point is, Arsenal do invest in these things. They have got the ability, if you're a deaf fan, to have video. You can ring up the club, and there's someone in real time will translate your British sign, you know, your sorry, your British sign language, into something, so, and then train, translate at the other end for the person who's taking the call. You know, that's technology that we've invested in. Um, you know, there are, there's lots of examples of the first Arsenal. So it, it, it is important, and um, and I think they are listened to. Um, we'll have to wait and see. They've only just had their first meeting of the new advisory board. Um, indications are, speaking to friends on the AST and foreign supporters clubs, I think, I think, I think there is going to be change as a result of the fan reaction to the European Super League, which is what's caused this. Um, the only question mark, unfortunately, seems to be that every single member of this subcommittee or this advisory board is male, um, which has caused a bit of a stir. Um, what the club could do to change that, I'm not sure, because obviously they asked each individual component part to nominate or have a system that put someone forward. Um, the chair of the Arsenal Disabled Sports Association, Anne Hyde, is obviously female, but she's busy enough doing her job, so she puts someone else forward. So we, we don't have any female representation. Obviously, we have disabled representation, as you'd expect, from that particular... Uh, that particular um, Damn, either way. What a, what a kerfuffle. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I don't know the system, whether it's, you know, each individual is up for, you know, their position is renewed, uh, renewed after a year. I'm not sure, because it's brand new. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, bravo to the club for, for, for trying to do the right thing. Uh, this is the club of Liam Brady, Geordie Armstrong, Tony Adams, whose books Addicted and Sober, co-written with Ian Ridley, uh, both go through the Arsenal story quite well. And this is a storied club, um, soon to celebrate uh, 100 years of the Chapman era and, uh, what is it, th- 20 years since the Invincibles and th- 30 years this year since the 91 title. Um, it's a storied club, and yeah, the league is good, but right. any cup, any yeah. old cup, any trip to Wembley would be... Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as, Rocky, as, as Rocky said, you know, um, and that's obviously been much used over the years, but, you know, remember who you are, what you are, and who you represent. Yep. Um, that's always been the Arsenal way, 
you know, there are, you know, there are one of the things I would say when fans are critical of the club and the cronky ownership and, and you know, whether it's the European Super League or whether it's not the European Super League and whether we're investing in the right places, all these things can be debated and will be debated by fans. But what you have to remember, and I think that I've learned so much, and I think I knew it already, is Arsenal Football Club is not who owns it. It's who works for it and who supports it. So we, the supporters, are Arsenal Football Club. But the people who work there, people like Luke, people like Alan, people like Debbie, the, the, uh, the disabled liaison officer, these people who work in the charities team, these people who've been at the club for years, you know, they are they are the club as much as the people who own it. And what you have to remember is these people who are employed by the club love the club like the fans. They are Arsenal as much as the people who own the club. And we just have to remember that. And that book really taught me that again. Even if they're from Nottingham, in Alan's case. Proceeds of the book go to Panathlon, who run competitive sports days for disabled people, and uh, they make well, everyone I, equal. Well, and I'm, giving a, I'm giving a percentage of my royalties to the charity for every book sold, absolutely, yes. And how much is the retail price? How much does the book cost? It is £22.15. You can blame Brexit for the £2.50. Because oh, <laughs> my publisher always has books done here, here printed in Poland. It's just extra cost, but yeah, it's £22.50. That's all right. What's that? That's what Aaron Ramsdale makes every time he blinks. Will <laughs> you... Will you um, so you've obviously got these players that by the time this goes out, we will know who they are and there will be photos. I would hope on to at Gunadave66, the Twitter feed followed by... Well, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal themselves will be posting it. There's a web, website post today. There's a Twitter post today from Arsenal. And the talk, there's talk of run, uh, making a short documentary film with me um, and some of the individuals in the book after oh. launch. You could car. screen that in the double bill with Overland and Sea, the Wayne Busted <laughs> story, which I'm fascinated by. Is that available online? Yeah, that is available online, I believe, yes. Yeah, I, I he want... Sent me, he, sent me the, he sent me the link a few months ago, um, but yeah. I remember watching that game. Did you go to Baku? No. <laughs> yeah, what a nonsense. The Mkhitaryan thing was nonsensical enough. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm praying for Arsenal. They're a really good club, um, really good people. And I said that as someone who used to go to Tottenham for several years before I went to Watford. They do the right things. It was just sad watching the end of the Wenger era... He's a good manager, this guy, as long as he gets the players playing for him. And much like Guardiola, there doesn't seem to be a star in this team, in the Arsenal team that he wants to build. No, and yeah, that, that's key under Arteta, I think. Yeah. And also, they're a young squad, so they'll grow together if we can keep them together. Pressed into their lockers at London Colney should be the book. Arsenal for Everyone, Dave Seeger's fourth book about Arsenal, which is in yeah. the football library. You have got to walk the little dog... And look forward to your yeah. the the Newcastle game on Saturday, which you will win handsomely. I'll be watching on BT Sport. Can you do a follow up? Can you do number two? Uh, I could if I felt inclined. I was approached by um, people with mental disabilities, and I declined in this book because I I decided the focus was on physical disability. So the scope there, I I haven't decided yet. You know, I'm sort of semi-retired, and writing's a hobby. So let's see if I get. If this gives me impetus to do it, and then if see if people want it first, <laughs> and it's gunnerstown.com to read a variety yes. of Arsenal centric um, yeah, material. Hey, three losses at the start of the season. Who remembers them? Football. It's a week by week contract. Um, it certainly is. 
Uh, Dave Seeger, thank you very much. Come on, you gunners, etc. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for asking. Just like the library! Just like the library! Just like the library!